millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the Not Without Your Sister feed, where for this week and this week only, we promise we will not have a full episode for you. Due to circumstances probably within but kind of outside of our control, namely that Rosemary was showing her house and viewing other houses and all over the place for the entire weekend. There's no new episode today. We'll be back on Friday with a mini-sode where we will explain everything in detail. But in the meantime, here is the brand new episode of our producer Liam's podcast, Meet Your Maker, which we thought you might like and we hope will make up for our absence for these couple of days. Thanks so much for listening. 
it is nice always to talk to somebody who's Irish and like like you said of a similar age. I'm talking to Irish cartoonist Luke Healy. It's kind of a weird phenomenon that I think maybe doesn't doesn't like totally exist for I think like English people don't get it, like Americans don't really get it. But when we were kids, like during the nineties, there was just a giant influx of American media, especially television. Hi, you're new here. I'm Zach Morris. Nice going, Arnold. Maybe if we just ask for the football. It's not even cold. Or if it's not cold, Tommy, how can it be ice cream? When I think back when I was a kid of like what media I consumed on television, it was entirely American, completely. You know, it was like Saved by the Bell or, you know, Rugrats or... This is maybe a bold claim, but I think the most sort of important influential piece of media for like irish kids of the 90s weirdly was like sabrina the teenage witch i can't believe the witches council could do something so horrible to you just for bearing a witch's child which was like a, a, a moderately successful like abc family show in america that just played constantly on irish tv like once we got nickelodeon once we were off the three channels that was just on all day uh, at least in my memory. And so when I when I think back to like especially being a really young kid, just everything, everything I consumed was American, everything. It's strange. I remember reading a book written by Dervla Murphy, who's like an Irish travel writer. She's really great. It's set in the 60s and she's cycling through Afghanistan and she's observing that the young men there are like completely obsessed either with the United States or with Russia because there's just this huge like time of cultural export for them. You know, she's Irish and she's like lamenting how sad it is that like this, the Afghan culture is like sort of being ignored by these young people. And I totally felt like that's what happened with us in the 90s. Like, you know, Ireland just, you know, it was the Celtic tiger. Like we just had more money and we're importing tons of stuff. And America was like this beacon of like capitalist progress. And so, yeah, we just like constantly consumed it. It's not overstating the fact to say that Luke kind of became obsessed with America and the American experience, an obsession that would eventually see him hike 2,660 miles along the U.S. West Coast's most famous walking trail, the PCT, an experience he'd document in his graphic novel Americana. I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to meet your maker. Excuse me. Meet your maker. As a kid, Luke went to America four times. My dad's aunts and uncles had all, all moved to the United States when he was just a kid in the 60s. And so there was like this sort of extra branch of the, you know, Healy family that, that lived there. But when we went over to visit them, you know, they like they lived in Orlando and we like stayed with them and went to Disney World. So I think like even when we went over, we were so brought into this like perfect sort of fantasy version of the United States. You know, we were in like Main Street, USA, Magic Kingdom. And so I think we were just really like kind of blinded by this, this like, you know, like twee sort of like perfect vision of what it would be like to live in America. 
you know, we, we got to see all of these American people, like, on their best behavior, like our aunts and uncles. We were like cute kids, you know? They were, like, treating us as, as you know, like, you know, they were spoiling us, basically, because we'd go over and they'd, like, fill their, you know, their fridges with, like, American snack foods, which to us was, like, you know, like, stepping into Home Alone or something, you know? It was just, like, we were finally free to just go wild. Luke was caught up in this cinematic version of America for his whole childhood. He even started to speak in an American accent, something he says his brother teased him for. The obsession continued into his teenage years, and then, at 21, he moved to America. He went to the Center for Cartoon Studies to learn how to make comics. I'd really wanted it for a long time. You know, I'd spent three years preparing a portfolio and, you know, applying and you know, trying to get a scholarship and find a way to pay for it and, and make it possible. And so when I finally got to go over, it was different in the fact that I was living there and, and you know, experiencing day-to-day life and I was an adult. But I was still sort of like in this idealized bubble because I was going to, you know, I was going to comic book school in this like small town in like rural Vermont that was like, it's, you know, Vermont's like a pretty affluent state. It's very picturesque and like cute And I was surrounded by a bunch of people who were, like, extremely passionate about making comics, which is all I could think about at the time. Of course, it was challenging in many ways because of how, you know, life is challenging. But I still think, like, I was kind of in this, like, rose-tinted, like, sort of, like, blessed version of this time of my life, you know? Then, while Luke was studying in Vermont, he got kicked out. Not of the school, but the country. My visa situation was, like, very precarious, and I was sort of told to leave, basically. I was told, like, you need to leave or or we're going to remove you. And that sort of, like, set off this chain of, like, going back and having to leave again, you know, on, on short stay visas. And... When I was there for the sort of final semester of my time in school, I just really, I really, really wanted to be in the United States. Like I, I basically had, you know, I'd created a life there. Like I really had a lot of great friends and, you know, they were obviously all going to stay in the country and I I really, really wanted to be there, but it it was becoming like clearer and clearer that that wasn't going to be possible. Right before Luke was about to leave for the final time, he saw a movie trailer. Sorry, you have to walk a thousand miles just to... Finish that sentence. Why do I have to walk a thousand miles? The film Wild, starring Reese Witherspoon, which is based on the book by Cheryl Strayed. It's a, a memoir about Cheryl Strayed hiking a thousand miles of the PCT. The PCT, or the Pacific Crest Trail, is a long-distance hike from Mexico to Canada through California, Oregon, and Washington. Walking it brings hikers through desert glaciated expanses of the Sierra Nevada and lush forests. I remember seeing it and it just like weirdly became this sort of focus for my obsession. Like it just clicked in my brain. Like this is what I want to do. And then that was compounded when I went back to Ireland and I had graduated and just had no idea what I wanted to do next you know like comics is not a career path that has like a clear track or you know often any track like there's there's it's hard to get employment it's hard to know what to do next and so 
it was something for me to like focus on while I was like like to put it plainly I was very depressed and like very upset that I had to leave the United States and this was like one more you know like great American adventure you know, when I talk about it I feel like I was so naive which I guess I was in a lot of ways, but I did, you know, I did have like a, a view outside of myself to be like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't going to solve your life problems, but I still just like couldn't stop thinking about it. Luke spent the next two years researching and preparing for the hike. I tried to get in shape and it failed to get in shape because I, I'd never been hiking before in my entire life. And I just sort of like went through with it. I just I, I put everything in place and, and left. And, you know, really the, the first experience I had of hiking anywhere was the first day at the like Mexican border in 2016. So before I left, I sort of flirted with the idea of keeping a diary to like of comics to then be published afterwards. And I pitched that to a couple of publications that I had been making sort of nonfiction stuff for, but they weren't interested. And I, I was told, frankly, by the editors that it's because they thought that I'd quit after a couple of weeks, which is fair. <laughs> um, but... When uh, that this was like quite a while before I left, and and so when I sort of heard back and that you know they weren't that interested, I I actually felt quite relieved because I felt like this pressure had been taken off to write about it. Luke flew from Dublin to LA. He caught a ride to San Diego and another to Campo, California, a small town on the USA's border with Mexico. It was there Luke began the hike he'd been thinking about for the past two years, a journey into the American wilderness. When you're out camping, like there's just always like twig snaps and like like owls hooting or whatever outside, and it, it takes a while to get used to. That particular night, like, my tent was stalked by two mountain lions. It was the worst night of my life. Like, I've never been more terrified, because what do you do? I remember reading before I left, you know, I read a lot of these guidebooks, and there was, like, one that had a section on mountain lions, and it said, like, no matter what, like, if you see a mountain lion, you have to try and scare it away 
because if you run, its instincts will kick in, and if you run, you'll die. And so I was just sitting in complete darkness, like miles from any road or town, with this like lion like roaring at my tent, and like, what do you do? I I literally was like, should I like play loud music? Should I? I don't know. So like the only I have a really distinct memory of just like putting on my glasses and just being like, well, now I'm ready. <laughs> like now I'll be I'm ready if it like comes at me. start to realize that you're like not really missing anything or at least i did because i would you know go out into the backcountry for you know sometimes as long as like 12 or 13 days and then finally arrive in town and it is like it's really exciting to get to town and usually the first thing you look for is food and then after food a shower and then after a shower wi-fi and when you finally like turn back on facebook and have a look, you know, I'd have like eight notifications and they would all be about like nothing, you know? And I'd call home and talk to my parents and I, you know, I love my parents, loved hearing from them, but I'd be like, oh, you know, so like, what's going on? And they'd be like, oh, well, not much, just sort of, you know, having a, having a week. And I just feel like, oh, I had to, you know, like go through a creek in the mountains while there was melting snow and, and the, I had to filter water. And, you know, I just felt like a, like a lunatic, but it, 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 it just felt like on my end, you know, time was so stretched out because I was always doing things. And then when I like got back to this like world of social media, especially, you know, like stuff was just kind of continuing and I really didn't feel like I was missing that much, which might sound like arrogant or like privileged or something. I mean, I guess it is those things, but I, 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 I just really felt like where before I would obsessively worry about like missing out, especially of missing out on the things that my friends in America were doing while I couldn't be there, you know, like going to comics festivals or, or just meeting up and like being with each other. I felt when I looked back, like those things, they just didn't seem that important or critical because they, they just were like compressed into a single moment instead of refreshing Facebook or Twitter every, you know, two hours and like getting one new update, you know, when you come back and you just get like a handful at once, you're like, oh, these things happened and now I'm moving on. It was very healthy, I think. You've got the, you know, the rhythm of your own feet the whole way and you carry yourself at that speed, like your speed the whole way. And you've just got to be consistent. That's the only way to finish. There's no spurts and bursts. Like, you know, you've, you've just got to be consistent. Luke hiked for 147 days. Sort of towards the end of the hike, when I was like crossing paths with a lot of other hikers, you know, sort of near the finish line, a lot of new people. I would sort of, you know, we'd exchange stories and people would sort of remark like, oh, hey, you've had like a pretty interesting, you know, through hike. Like not everybody's is like that. And that sort of set the idea in my head that I, I maybe did want to write about it after all. And so when I got home, I just like took a couple of weeks and like wrote down everything I could remember and pretty much just got got started on it straight away. So I, I went really from having like zero interest in writing about it to like 100 percent you know, like as soon as, as the plane landed when I was back in Ireland. 
18 months of writing and drawing later, Luke's graphic novel Americana was published. It's a really moving book that documents his journey and the people he met on it, fellow hikers and volunteers who maintained the trail. Yeah, I mean, I was really nervous about people who featured in the book reading it. Like, I was re- like really nervous about it. I made sure when I was done writing all the drafts, like when it was locked in of what the book was going to be, I contacted everyone who's who appeared in it. And I said, look, you appear in this book. Um, I'm not going to show you it and give you approval, which was something I learned in journalism school, basically in DCU. They were like, just don't, you know, don't give people individual approval because nobody will ever like how they look. I said, but you're in this book. And if you want, I'll change your name. There's nothing bad about you in it, but it is honest. Because I think there are maybe a couple of characters in the book who sort of don't come across that great, not many, but a couple. And for them, I just I just changed their names and, and didn't didn't ask. But I knew that, you know, you've just got to be honest, I guess. Like, and and I try, I try to be really honest. And I think, like, mostly I, I kind of get away with it because... Even though, like, maybe certain people, you know, the way that they come across is maybe, like, a little embarrassing for them to read or something. The book is, like, it's it's really it's mo- it's really about me. Like, it's not about them. And the way that I depict myself is, like, so embarrassing, <laughs> like, in points that I feel like people get it. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, like, kind of trying to be as, like, straightforward as possible. And so I felt about the politics in the book, too. You know, like, I am a fairly, like, politically minded person. But I, I tried to, like, not include as much of that in the book. Like, I just really wanted it to be an honest, as honest a possible record of events. And, you know, the fact that it's just all filtered through my lens and personality is, like, always going to skew that. Especially with the people, like, when I look at the dialogue in the book, you know, like I said, I, I didn't keep any notes. And I remembered conversations, but word for word, like, there's no way. Not that you could put word for word dialogue into a comic anyway. It would read so badly. But... You know, I just tried to, like, be honest about how I felt about people and how I felt that they behaved. And for the most part, people were so great that I think when they then read it, they were, like, pretty flattered, actually, which was nice. I was really worried they'd hate it. But people people didn't seem to hate it that much, which was great. Luke was hooked on American culture as a kid, and that tie only seemed to strengthen when he moved there for college. His PCT hike was in 2016. The book was published in 2019. He now lives in London, and I wondered how he felt about America now. Pretty jaded, I'd say. Not to sound too cynical, but you know, in in, in 2016, which is when I did the hike, the Democratic and Republican primaries were running for the, the presidential election, and... You know, the whole time, basically, it was just like Republican candidates dropping out over and over again until Trump was the the nominee. And then obviously, right right after I came back, I finished in September and then he won the election. I think like like many people, we've kind of like looked on in sort of like horror as like that administration has like implemented a lot of like terrible changes. But I think more than that, all of this stuff, you know, being more plugged into the political conversation about America during the Trump era really for me has just been, it's mostly been about learning about governmental and like cultural, social, you know, like 
issues of the past and how this, you know, in the nineties when I was like, you know, like wide eyed and, and, you know, love, love in America and like over there, like that was the Clinton administration. And that was, you know, like zero tolerance, you know, three strikes war on drugs, like all of these, you know, like mass incarceration of black people, like, and so they're, they're, you know, this like perfect image that I think is, was, is really broadcast and was really broadcast, especially in the eighties and nineties by the United States. I think like, it just is, it just rings so false now. Like, and, and it was never true. Like there wasn't this sort of like golden age of peace really in the way that I kind of maybe like naively thought there was before, before the Trump administration and before I spent all this more time there, you know, in, in these really varied environments. Like I was always on the West coast, but I was in like big cities and small towns and wilderness and, in in one way like hiking the pct gave me a great sense of like perspective because you understand really just how enormous everything is like how far distances are how like stretchy time is and and how your perceptions are like are so subjective about a lot of that stuff that you know it 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 helped me to like kind of let go of my subjective like perceptions about the united states especially as like a you know you know sort of like middle class like white person you know it it was easy for me to like look at America and think like gee whiz like it's like a Spielberg film can't wait to like ride my bike down the street to the movie theater and get an extra large Pepsi Cola but that you know that that's that's not what's you know somebody who wasn't white would like see when they looked at American movies of the 90s so I think yeah it's been a uh, the last sort of four years especially have been really a process of like letting all of that fall away and I think like hiking the PCT and being so sort of like faced with it and meeting so many people and and being in all these like kind of diverse places really was the beginning of that process. Like at the end of the book, not to spoil it, I guess, but I do finish the PCT. And one of the final lines is like, I don't feel like I've changed, Um, which was true. I really didn't. But I think like it was sort of like the domino that pushed over that has, you know, it's had quite an impact on my my outlook on, on many things. And on that note... (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and uh, like kind of a grim note Luke Healy's Americana is published by Nobrow Luke is currently working on his next book The Con Artists which will be published by Faber and Faber in 2022 but you can read it now as he makes it he's serializing it on his Patreon patreon.com forward slash Luke Healy Meet Your Maker is produced and hosted by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Additional music in this episode was by Blue Dot Sessions and the fantastic Louis Zong. If you enjoy the show and want to support it, I also have a Patreon where you can do just that. It's patreon.com forward slash meetyourmaker. I'm off for a hike within my COVID 5k limit. Meet Your Maker is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. You can check out more shows at thewarren.ie. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.